This week on the Ocean Cruisers podcast, I'm having a chat with a couple of my mates, Brainy and Ian from the YouTube sailing channel Red Seas. They're both from Scotland in the UK and they're sailing around on a Leopard 47 catamaran called Indioco. They bought it out of a charter fleet. It needed a bit of work, but they've been fixing it up as they've been going along upgrading the boat as they're cruising they bought the boat in the british virgin islands and they're now cruising around the pacific in french polynesia if you want to watch some of their videos check them out on sailing red seas on youtube if you want to watch some of our videos we've actually just got our boat in the water and started heading west so you can check out those videos on this channel but for now enjoy this chat with brini and ian from sailing red seas hi when you first started putting your videos on youtube you had another boat in mind that you started doing some work on, I think. And then that fell through. Yeah. And then you ended up on this boat. So that's quite weird. So what went on there? It's literally like the most ridiculous story. Like this cannot have ever happened to anybody else in the world. It's yeah. just absolutely <laughs> like, unreal. The short version is we we start to say that we got scammed, which maybe not too accurate. It's close. Um, <laughs> right. So we were sat in, in Scotland and we fell in love with the design of the boat that we we'd found the Leopard 47 and we're like, we're going to get this boat. That's what we need. And we hunted around forever. And eventually we find one online in a Facebook group. Yeah. And this guy was like, Oh yeah, I'm thinking about selling my boat. Um, Yeah. You can come take a look at it and maybe you can buy it. That's great. We did all the discussions online in Facebook messenger, most reliable business communication tool I know. <laughs> Always. And, uh, and this basically transpired that the guy was stuck in he was stuck in Dominican Republic, I think, because this was like just as the pandemic was really kicking off. And so the whole world was okay. shutting down. And That's right. so, yeah, he was like, oh, come out and see the boat. But I won't be there. But I trust you. Just go take a look at it. That, that'll be fine. Yeah. I think that should have been a red flag. Shouldn't it? should have been. So we <laughs> we basically had sold everything at this point and decided to buy one way tickets to St. Vincent, which is where the boat hmm. was said to be. So we flew out to St. Vincent, which took a bit of a journey. We quarantined and then we got in a taxi and said, cool, take us to where the boat is. And the guy took us there and there was no boat. And we kind no of boat. looked at each other and went, we don't have a backup plan. Like, what's this about? I literally thought we were like those people that you read about in magazines. I was like, I can't believe we fell for this. We sold all of our belongings and flew halfway around the world. And now, now we've been scammed and we've got to admit it and go home with our tail There's between no our boat. legs. Like, well, where what was the boat? Like, what, what was the boat that well, he was advertising? Yeah. The boat, he was advertising a Leopard 47. We literally got back in the taxi and we're like, um, take us to the top of the nearest hill. And we took us up this little hill and we got out and we, we genuinely sat staring out over the bay. We actually have a video of it looking at hanging off a flagpole or something, trying to pick out, that kind of looks like the tiny photo I have on my phone. Maybe it's, it's like, that one. Is it that one? No, no, it's got a black stack pack. Is it that one? And, uh, oh my and weirdly, we eventually found it. So the boat right. had been moved from where it was supposed to be around the corner to a different mooring field outside of the, the harbour or the marina. And right. uh, so we worked out what had happened and where it had been taken to. And we went down and discussed and end up moving on board the boat as the guy promised we should yeah he, he basically said like well i can't be there to show you around so go take a look at it and i mean if you're there you may as well just stay on the boat that's fine and then it turned into like oh you can live on it for two weeks that's not a problem get a real you can take it for a sale that's no problem sail it. so we we sailed it we decided right, we to serve it, but the only place to serve it oh is ace yeah at the time uh, <laughs> you thought it's uh yeah. We end up test sailing this thing for two weeks down to, to Union Island, the last island in St. Vincent. And then we waited out for the quarantine rules in Grenada and Karaoke to change. That was the nearest boatyard we could haul the thing to get it surveyed. 
Um, mm. And when they changed, we snuck in. We were the first boat, I think, into Grenada's waters without quarantine. Yeah. So basically, we we needed to get a survey because we were happy enough with it. We wanted to progress. But yeah, he was like, oh, well, you're going to have to sail it to another country to get the survey. But that's fine. I don't know where the boat papers are, but I'll I'll find them somehow. And yeah, off you go. And I mean, so it's just yeah. like... Why was the sky so like chilled out? Like, what? What what is the sky's deal? This is so strange. Well, no, we found out. (laughs) We we figured that he's a bit of a chancer. He's he's, um he actually while we were waiting to get into Grenada, we were on the phone to him, kind of going, "Okay, we're we're ready to go. Uh, We just need to find the boat papers." And he's like, "I don't know where they are." Ah, okay, this is your boat, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Give me twenty minutes, I'll find out where they are. Turned out they were okay. with some random guy on the island who was surfing with dengue at the time, who happened to have the boat papers in his house. So we went and got those. And I'm like, great, we got the boat papers, we're checked out, we're going to sail across to Caracol, take t- two, three hours. And he goes, oh, actually, while you're there, just turn around in the bay you're in. See, there's another leopard. It's a 46, slightly newer boat. Yeah, that's mine as well. Um, <laughs> any chance you could just take a boat each and take both of them across? Because I need to move them both down to Caracol anyway. So we were like on the moment going, well, uh, all right, Brian, you take this one. I'll take the other one. We'll swing him down to another island, I guess. And uh, so we did a delivery of his two boats for him down to Karaki and hauled both of them out onto the hard. So managed all that. Again, didn't own either boat, had no insurance for us to be on the boats. We had never sailed from one country to another. So it was the first time we were doing any of that. Like it was just absolutely wild. And uh, we got both boats out on the hard. Crazy, yeah. We got both boats out on the hard. We... Ended up living on the boat we were hoping to buy for the whole time of the survey side of things. Yeah. And the we negotiations. We like started negotiating and we knew that as soon as the sale went through, we didn't want to be on the hard. So we were like, well, we know we want to paint the bottom. So why don't we sand it all now so that mm. as soon as the sale goes through, we can just go buy the paint, slap it on and splash as, as quickly as possible. So yeah. we started doing like some of the prep work like that. And and then... Your job's just getting started and like... So yeah, we, we threw a bit of cash at it, like sanding discs and 4200 and things, basically getting things to the standard we would want them to be because we were mm. going to buy this boat. And uh, and that was, how many weeks were you we sitting doing that stuff? Like, we, were, we were in the yard for two months trying to negotiate and then all of Whoa. the negotiations just fell through and overnight it was, right, get off my boat. I'm not selling it to you. He, he just didn't want to negotiate whatsoever from the list price that he had first put it up for despite the fact we needed two new engines it needed a new mainsail uh rip all the floor up in the galley because it was all rotten like there was so much wrong with that boat and we were prepared to take it on but Mm. yeah he was just like i don't know scared by finances of covid or whatever else and wasn't prepared to to talk so after blackmailing us for the survey that we'd paid for against the deposit that he got out of us the last minute um we eventually managed to get the deposit back and then we found ourselves basically homeless again in the caribbean going what are we going to do mm. um and by this point we'd made friends with people in the yard and got to know some people so it was actually really good for us because <laughs> the word got out that we were being kicked off this boat and <laughs> a, a brand new saber 50 just across from yeah. us in the boatyard they came oh, yeah. over and they're like well we're going to be here for a while so why don't you just stay in the honeymoon cabin at the back here <laughs> while you get yourself sorted out <laughs> <laughs> all right amazing yeah i'll take that yeah Yeah, so we were still like living on the hard but quite a different experience when it's a brand new 50 foot cat (laughs) yeah i was gonna say that's like staying in a five-star hotel or something that like one of those big massive aft cabins that would be that would be wicked so what happened to that to those two boats have have you did you keep track of it or what (laughs) like did he sell them he no he's we actually so 
we then started backpacking our way around the place and we messaged him a few weeks later with a like a final offer like last mm. chance mate today or never and he said that he was going to keep the boat that we'd intended to buy and yeah. he was going to sell the other one he had an interested party on the other one and then we did see the other one back up in St. Martin like a year later. Yeah, so I think he did Sorry. sell the other one and I don't think he ever managed to sell the one that, that, that we, we were hoping at. to buy. Yeah. It was just too big, so he, he gave up on it and did all the fixes slowly himself, I think. Presumably, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, that one never managed to sell. Yeah, was, so he, so really he, wanted, he wanted like a price as if it basically was fully functional out of charter, but it Absolutely. was actually yeah, it destroyed was out of like, charter. We yeah, said, look exactly. at these engines. The survey's come back and shown us how rusty they are, and we didn't know that when we talked online. So uh, obviously, you know, we need to take some money off to fix them. And he was just like, it's a sailboat. You don't need engines. We're like, really? You're going to uh, go down that? Yeah, it's pretty jammy. And, and we've yeah. since heard stories from people who know him, and, and he is a bit of a chancer in various yeah. ways. He's tried to sue a delivery skipper for tens of thousands of dollars for an incident that they had nothing to do with and he's a questionable character you know yeah looking back I feel right. like we got off lightly in the end we definitely got away with it yeah. <laughs> yeah so we then just sort of bounced away around the Caribbean so we we actually backpacked slash crewed uh on some good friends of ours sailed us down to Grenada hmm. where we thought we'd seen another couple of boats to look at and we looked around those whilst living in a shipping container and then they didn't happen what? and one of them was kind of promising but fell through and then uh after like that, a converted we shipping container, or we you you were just in a shipping container. I mean, it was in a bed. It was basic. Let's just say it was basic. What do you mean by a bed? <laughs> like a bed could be a number of different things. It could be a mattress. Uh, it could be the floor. Cardboard <laughs> boxes. It was like a... it was basically a mattress. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was it's fine. It's fine. Okay. We had access to Wi-Fi from the next door shipping container that had been converted, so we were good. Uh, <laughs> so we were pretty much constantly online for the couple of weeks that we were hunting around in Grenada. Yeah. Uh, and then when we basically ran dry of boats in the Southern Caribbean, that's when we decided to hitch a lift on another boat we'd met back in the yard. We were heading from Grenada back to USVI. Mm -hmm. But because so we, we crewed with them all the way up until we made it to St. Martin, because we realized that we didn't have B1PD visas and we weren't allowed into mm. U.S. territory without the right paperwork. So we jumped off then. Yeah. And that's where we then flew around and ended up finding a boat in St. Croix in USVI. So we flew our way to St. Croix and checked that boat out. Uh, and then we test sailed that boat up into USVI St. Thomas and then had it surveyed and kind of it was all looking very promising. And there's a whole story attached to that boat, um, which ultimately ends up with being the boat we live on now um right that said it involved the boat being destroyed by the broker selling it <laughs> he drove it into a fuel dock when he was delivering it to us like handing the keys over phoned no us up and said uh sorry mate i can't bring it into the slip you want uh but i've put it on the fuel dock oh but i don't have any fenders and uh but you might need those haha <laughs> and jumped off into a speedboat and left the country back to the bvi where we weren't allowed in because of covid <laughs> So what the heck? that was a broker. Boat, it was like cracked down the side. Yeah. Well, he called himself a broker. He called himself a broker. <laughs> well, he broke the boat. So uh, he broke something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Lived up to his name. <laughs> That's nuts. Would you, are you prepared so, uh, to share the name of that business or is that something you want to 
keep oh, to yourself. I would happily do that, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed. I'm looking at Brandy I for mean, permission. Well, we're never going to go to BBI, are we? We're certainly never going to sail there. We did nearly sail in one night, and then I got really scared in case he'd stolen the boat and sold it on, and then we might sail in, and then it might get confiscated, and so we didn't go. <laughs> we avoided a whole country for fear of confiscation. That's um, wild, that. Yeah. He just delivered, he put it alongside a pontoon oh, with no awful. fenders and then just did one. Like, what a bad yeah. person. Yeah. Actually, and it was yeah. on Christmas week, so all the charter boats in the USVI and BDI were queuing up to get fuel, and he was leaving this thing bouncing off the concrete dock. Yeah. So uh, He just said, oh, I, no. I, I've never done this before. I can't bring your boat into a slip. That's too tricky. I'll just leave it on the fuel dock. <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. It's a catamaran. He's got two engines. It's easy. He just yeah. spins around if yeah. you want to. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little yeah. motor. That's boat. it. So what was the story <laughs> with this boat then? So this boat now, you got this. This was like out of... Was, was it from a charter company or was it from like a, a private yeah, skipper so or something? It had been like, it had been chartered in moorings. Um, moorings, um, yeah. Cool. And then after it had sort of run through its course and got too old for them, they sold it onto a private owner who just put it straight back into another charter company. Yeah. <laughs> and then ran <laughs> right. it another five, 10 years, whatever. Um, and then finally, when it was on its last legs, that's when we were like, well, let's take it. <laughs> so yeah, we, we now a reasonable price. Cat, so now you can, now you you can buy one. <laughs> That's exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pulled it down just enough. So, yeah. so it's the rescue cat that we're loving back to life, and mm. it still scratches us. But we think if we keep loving it, eventually it'll stop hurting and it'll just be okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I think back to like that first couple of weeks on the boat, and it's just insane. There were no systems on board, so there was no solar, there was no so any kind of power. Yeah, the batteries <laughs> didn't hold any charge whatsoever. So we had mm. to run the generator if we wanted power. But that first night. The propane system didn't work, so we yeah. couldn't cook anything. The fridge was broken, so we couldn't keep food cold. And it was Christmas week. It was like three days before Christmas. And we were just like, I really want to celebrate this and be like, yeah, we're boat owners. But like, how are we going to stay alive with no food and no lights? And <laughs> we left, there's a little light bulb above the table here. And if we had that on, we could have it on for like three hours. Yeah. And if we had it on any longer than three hours, then the mast headlight would die in the middle of the night and we wouldn't be able to leave that oh, on. So we had to choose where to spend the power, you know? Right. And we're filming and editing YouTube videos at the same time. So it was a disaster. And I think only like two weeks after we bought the boat, because it took so long to kind of get the negotiations through, our visas ran out. So we had to leave and sail. 36 hours to St. Martin. So With no AIS, like, no radar. Oh goodness, this boat no is not ready for no the journey, but we've got no choice. We've just got to yeah, do it. Yeah, we did it blind in the, in the Christmas winds, which you might recall, yeah. it basically blasting head on 30 knots in big swell. And we just smashed our way all the way to St. Martin. It was yeah. torture. Yeah. Um, so why, how, like, why was it in that condition? I mean, so the previous owner was chartering it, but like it, it was, did, did he leave it for a long time or something? Like what was the deal with it? Well, um, so, the broker we mentioned was mm. also the guy who owned the charter company that was chartering yeah. this boat. He was oh, this makes sense. Idiot. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So, so things had like technically been repaired, but they'd almost mm. made it worse than before they tried to repair stuff, Absolutely. you know? So we had to redo yeah. a lot of work that they had done to it, but we bought it in December, 2020. So I guess it hadn't, it had been out of charter since at least the March. So that's nine well, months. Yeah. Of, it was on so yeah, two years. Yeah. Yeah, it'd been out of charter for a while or sat around doing nothing for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. uh, so yeah, it was, we, it very much was a shell of a boat, mm. um, which it's weird because whilst that's painful to live on when you first move on board, we've actually seen it to be a benefit because, like, you know, now, right, everything you've put on yourself, you know what yeah, the systems you know are. How really quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because if something breaks, 
I've got so much more knowledge now of all of the systems because we chose oh, exactly yeah. what we wanted and we've put it in a space that makes sense for us and, yes, and we look more how to fix it because we're like, oh, I, I know where these wires run or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, made a big 100%. difference in that respect. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're still and you can modify it to your own choosing as well. Like, you know, if, if the boat's That's a bit it. banged up and you need to replace some stuff, it's like, well, I don't like this in this colour. I don't like the location of that. Let's change them up. Like, it gives you opportunities as well to, like, make the boat more your own. Yeah, yeah. Colours, that's a nice idea. <laughs> we were just trying to get batteries and power and all the basic systems. At this just stage. trying to keep that floating. <laughs> just, trying, just trying to stay <laughs> alive out there, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what, so what did all you do to it, first of all? I mean, I take it you bought some new batteries, so that was, that was probably essential. But, like, what, what did you need to do <laughs> yeah. to get a cruise ready? So, yeah, I mean, like, say almost everything. So we entire gas system for cooking. Uh, we put in lithium batteries. We went down the Battleborn option, partly because of the lack of knowledge at the time for what was available, Partly for the convenience. It's, they're drop-in replacements. They're simple. They're easy. Yeah, they're easy. Um, and to be honest, we, we've liked them, right, for us. Yeah. So I don't dismiss them for that. Yeah. Um, we we put on 1,400 watts of solar onto our hardtop. And then a year later, we were like, mm, we're going more off-grid now. Let's just whack a little bit more on. So we've now got 2,200 watts of solar on, which is great because we basically rely on that fully. We don't have any wind generator. We don't yeah. have any, like, you know, in-water system our generators doesn't really work so uh yeah we're fully reliant on it but so far it's been uh it's been enough for what we need yeah it's yeah but you're yeah. you're constantly on the 220 because of your jobs because the work that you do on your computers all the time and, and you run a, a bloody science laboratory in one of your holes or a mechanical laboratory whatever <laughs> you want to call it a little bit yeah, yeah. we, we, we have 3d printers have on your many boat. gadgets yeah yeah, we yeah, 3D we print parts. <laughs> so we were printing some latches or something for something you're doing on sunshades today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we 3D print lots of parts of the boat. We do definitely have too many gadgets. That's definitely obvious, as you know. Uh, I got Depends who you're asking, mate. Like, I don't think you can have too many gadgets. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I'm within friends here. That's safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> safe space right here. <laughs> this is a safe place. I'm Ian and I have too many toys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah yeah we added a lot of that we had an induction cooking which we're kind of still working on now with an oven to go with it mm -hmm. uh we added a, a two well we we converted the boat didn't have an inverter when we got on board. Right. so we added a 230 or 240 volt converter uh, inverter excuse me uh we're in the middle of adding a 110 one as well so we'll have both voltages on board and both currents yeah, because some of the things that we've picked up, like we've got a secondhand sail, right, sewing machine, mm. but the one that we happened to buy was from an American boat, so therefore it was, it was 110. So rather than sort of holding out to wait for a 221, we were like, well, if we just have both power systems on board, then we can use whatever we get wherever we are in the world. Yeah, so, uh, fair. And then that meant, yeah, we added a freezer as well. So we have a full-blown yeah. 30-volt AC chest freezer on board. So we have ice cream and ice all the time. Yeah, that's like one of my favourite <laughs> upgrades that we did. And it sounds so frivolous. And it was one of the last things we did. And we had like a 12-volt system before, and it just didn't, it was like a, a really good fridge but it didn't actually yeah. freeze anything. And uh, yeah, like since changing out to this, it's just like, oh, it's the best thing ever. Pretty much. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of, that dried up most of the savings, you know, at that point we were like, cool, we've now got no money left. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got 3D printers and a giant freezer on the boat. <laughs> yeah. But we kind of, we knew that we were going to do all of that. So when we first started looking at the boat, we knew uh -oh, we had a hit list deep. of like, this is how much solar we want. This is how much lithium we want. We know we want radar. Da, da, da. And so we, built all of that into the cost of buying a boat. So if, nice. if a boat didn't have those things, we knew we had to hold back money 
to buy those things as soon as we bought the boat. So it was just a, a wild six months of let's buy everything at once. Absolutely terrifying. Yes. Let's ship it all in and then let's just install it as we go cruising kind of thing. Yeah, um, and I that's think the that's thing the right we need to do it every day, you know. Yeah, that's it. Right. Get it all at once and deal with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mate, that's what I've done. I'm like, because I, I got yeah. this and I could have taken it away straight away, but I was like, no, I want to be comfortable. So I want to do everything. So as soon as I'm on the water, I haven't got any worries and I'm not missing something that I want. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, if you've got, exactly, if you've got yeah. the money to do it, just just go ahead and do it. If you're committed, like you have yeah. to be sure that you want the boat and you do want to live on the boat and all that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's it. And, yeah. and, you know, we were being kicked out of the country shortly after getting it because of visa terms and stuff. So we were like, well, we definitely bought the boat now. So mm. we took all of our stuff. Well, we took the stuff we did buy in the U.S. territories. Mm. And then we got to St. Martin, which is import duty free. Right. So we nice. were able to order everything else in yeah. there, which worked out quite well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we stuffed the cabins full and we basically live on anchor like most cruisers. Right. So we we've always been moving and mm. we just do projects whatever anchorage we get to so the cabin uh one of our aft cabins is referred to as the cabin of bad ideas um and it's still so it's everything cool, you bought that you don't need yeah <laughs> it's just the storage for the solar panels when they first arrived but we couldn't install them or the batteries or the everything else that all the water maker took up most of that space yeah, and then yeah. as we installed everything it was like why, why is the cabin just as full as it always was? <laughs> Bought more stuff. That should be the cabin. Like, whoever comes on board who's new, just be like, okay, come to the shop. Let's see if you want to buy anything. We've got some used <laughs> stuff down here. Oh, that's a good idea. You might sell, yeah, you might sell some great. stuff. Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, there's all sorts of junk in there that we probably don't need. It's stuff that we've either taken off the boat as you've mm. replaced it with something that we wanted, like modernized. Yeah. Or it's stuff that, yeah, turned up as a good deal and hasn't quite made it into the boat yet installed mm. so we're at that really bad stage where if we have money to replace something before it's broken we're like look at us splashing the cash yeah. but then we're like well we'll save this one that's about to die and this will be our spare one for if the new one breaks yeah that's what you do so yeah that's what it is broken stuff but uh Half we can't bring ourselves to throw it away because then there's nothing exactly yeah. there's a big difference <laughs> yeah, yeah. and mostly dead it's just yeah, mostly yeah. dead. <laughs> hey, well, when, when I got this one, I started like looking through all the cupboards and the hatches and all that type of stuff. And like, there's they, they didn't throw anything out, like starter motors, water pumps, oh, wow. diesel lift pumps, like they've left really? everything. Yeah, which is oh, great man, because treasure, if anything, but, yeah, yeah, because if some like you know, if a pump breaks, it's not the pump, it's something in the pump, like a tiny piece, yes. generally. Um, so I'm like, yeah. there's just spares everywhere, so I can take them apart. That's perfect. You know, see if I've got the piece I need, and then yeah, wicked, just save myself a fortune, hopefully. Absolutely. <laughs> well, even like <laughs> membranes for water pumps and stuff, like a tiny gasket of yeah. rubber, and they like to charge yeah the rubber bits sixty dollars or more. You know, yeah, That's yeah, 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 they're really insane. Cool. Right. So, yeah. okay. So since, since you bought the boat, you've done quite a bit of refit stuff to it. What's, what's left? What do you need to do? Well, this could be a long conversation, eh? But like, what do you, <laughs> well, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are the big ticket items that you still want to, that you still want to do to the boat? Man. I, I mean, I literally have like everyone, I have that spreadsheet going, which we can chew our way through, but uh, I think, so we have plenty of stuff that would be nice to do to the boat mm -hmm. and we've got stuff that we need to do to the boat. So like, mm. it would be nice. Uh, our windows up here in the saloon yeah. are all so crazed. You just can't see through them. They may as well be oh, yeah. glassed over. You have no idea. Right. So, um, you know, replacing saloon windows is kind of a common one on this kind of boat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our bowsprit that we built ourselves, you might know that story. We, we made a bowsprit, <laughs> yeah. a sunken boat. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, which was great. And it was beautiful for our last passage until it ripped off four times and we had to put it back on underway in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, that was, was it uh, So it needs repl- uh Well, it's really just through stupidity. Uh, um, yeah, it was through human error due to fatigue after being... A- yeah basically so it's a swing right so it swings up to to fit the spinnaker or the jenniker to the jenniker is a loose term for what we have we have a hand-me-down genoa from a much bigger boat we call it a genoa (laughs) right okay Uh, (laughs) it's a heavy a heavy spinnaker Um, that's it it's like a high wind spinnaker we don't have to take it out in a storm Mm. or anything we're sorted (laughs) but uh but yeah so the 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 bowsprit swings up for us to be able to fit spinnaker or whatever we wish to it and uh because we fitted it in a bit of a hurry, the, the bobstay has come loose so we can lift this thing up to, to attach. But it means all the pressure of the weight of a fully furled sail bouncing around in three meter swell just rips the rivets out of the crossbar uh, the oh, crossbeam, crap. and okay. it pulls the, the bowsprit off. So we chewed through all of our rivet stock on passage. Yeah. And then we're like, well, now we have no rivets left. So now we don't have a downwind sail. Um, that was just the way it worked. So we'll get that welded on, I think, this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like fix that. Uh, the way it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. yeah. I do feel like we're moving into a stage away from the kind of initial refit that was just to get the boat able to cruise. And now it's more kind of putting our personality on. So I'm yeah, starting to do like a lot more sewing. So we're getting sunshades yeah. and like, you know, making cushions for inside and like making things nicer rather than just doing the necessary jobs. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm still trying to fix the generator that doesn't work. Well, yeah. Well, and the engine that doesn't work. Yeah, that too. Um, does the generator uh, yeah, turn issues. over? Like, can you crank it with a spanner or is it like, is it dead? Uh, so I'm, this might be very boring for people, but basically we've narrowed it down to, I think the exciter stator wire has probably broken. What the um, hell is that? So the, the brains, stator yeah. wire. <laughs> no clue yeah. what so, <laughs> I know, I said it, it'd be boring it for some people, right? sounds like this is how you would explain it to me. When the generator gets excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, I usually ask what level should go to between one and five, but we'll go for mid-ground. <laughs> Basically, the electric bit of the generator. So the engine part works fine, but yeah. when it tries to make electricity, uh, the the big kind of trans, if you like, the big coil of wire that makes AC power, I think it's yeah. been damaged. So brains right. of the generator kind of jump in and go, oh, I'll just shut down the engine part because you're not going to make electricity. And so it starts fine, runs fine, and then turns itself off. All right, so let's just talk about where you're up to now because you started in the um caribbean and now you yeah. are in the middle of the pacific ocean and congrats on that passage by the way because that's like that's an oh, epic voyage you. that's that's a lot of days on the water and um oh absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah and you've and it's like you know everyone's been listening you've you've done it on a budget you know what i mean you've you've done it with what yeah. you can afford and what you can get by with and you've you know you've done a pretty bloody big um ocean passage there so that's really cool <laughs> man it's it's been eye-opening i think is the word like i yeah. was saying somebody the other day so we did the passage we haven't talked about planning for years to do this and you know baking money into the boat and all the expensive extra systems uh, mm. we bought our first eperb i think <laughs> three weeks before we left <laughs> three weeks before <laughs> <laughs> right okay <laughs> Uh, but you're in the Caribbean. We, you, you don't need one. Have... You fall off. You uh, yeah, you don't need one in the Caribbean. Yeah, 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 you can yeah, swim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything pushes That's you to it. Mexico like, or something yeah. like that. It's fine. That's yeah. it, you know. So uh, we still don't have a life raft that's in date. Our life raft is 10 years out of date. 
Uh, <laughs> from last service yeah we got a dinghy it's fine yeah, uh, yeah exactly mate then, exactly uh, i'm like you got a life raft that you can paddle like why on earth would you need a real life raft yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate mate we've got life raft a 30 horsepower engine we'd get there faster <laughs> sounds like a good life raft <laughs> mate, it depends in what part of the world you're in in spain it almost costs as much to service a life raft as it does to buy a new one so some people just like it's every crazy, three after the first yeah. three years yeah, well, the government have got a they've got a little you know situation with that. I think they're propping up that industry. Mm. But yeah, like a, a like an eight person <laughs> life raft. I have one in my old boat, and then when I went to the company, I was like, oh, "How much does it cost to service? Like a few hundred quid in the UK if stuff needs replacing." They were like, "Oh yeah, seven hundred. Yeah. Then if stuff needs replacing, like it could oh. go up to a thousand. I was like, "What? It's yeah. like one four for a that's new crazy, one? What are you isn't talking it? about?" So I was yeah. like, "I'm just going to get, yeah, I'm just going to get good at swimming. That's that's my that's my life saving strategy." <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you know the boat's going down. Get the armbands. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to plow my not? seven hundred dollars into swimming lessons. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. So no, I'm I'm not into uh, I'm not into that. But, okay, so yeah, go, go on, carry on. He's talking about getting the boat ready. Basically, we did really just ambition. Point we kind of went, oh, this would be fun. We could do the passage across the Pacific. Yeah, we met a lot of people in Trinidad who had done it already and yeah. had either like left their boat in the Pacific and flown home to Trinidad or they'd done a delivery run and or whatever. And I don't know, we just met a lot of people who'd either done it or were heading that way. So it started getting the excitement going. And that was like a real transition for me because when we first bought the boat, I didn't have a lot of experience sailing and and if anybody mentioned crossing an ocean, I was like, what? No, that's just insane. I'll, I'll never be at that level. You know, I'll never have yeah. the desire to want to do that. That just sounds like a scary thing. So for context, our longest passage before setting off on 4,200 miles of ocean crossing was four days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the same for most people, especially if you're in the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you wanted that's to true. like yeah. skip the entire Caribbean from north to south, you're just going to island hop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's exactly. exactly what we were doing. Yeah, we, like we would do the longer runs, but not significantly long runs. And yeah. so, yeah, we were like, we'll do Grenada to Bonaire, I think it was the four-day stretch. Yeah. And by then you've kind of semi-committed to carrying <laughs> on to Panama, let's be honest. You can turn yeah. around and go back up, but it, screw it, why not carry on? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, when we got to, to Panama, well, eventually to Panama, it was like, right, get the last-minute bits and pieces together. We didn't have a lot of budget set aside, so we didn't spend a fortune. No. And really, mm. it was food. That was the main thing. We stopped up because Panama's like, it was the first, well, it was the second, other than Colombia. Mm. It was the second sort of major city we'd been in in two, three years. Yeah. Mm. So um, we sort of ran to the fresh fruit markets and stuff, and you went crazy buying everything we could need for the yeah. next six months. But I just remember, like, so much of our preparation wasn't in prepping the boat because actually we'd already done that the year before and so a lot of yeah. our preparation was in the the mental side of it and just the decision making and the the sort of the practical planning so i remember so many times on the passage <clears throat> like a lot of people said oh are you going to take on crew or are you just going to do it the two of you and we wanted this first experience to just be the two of us to sort of like prove that we yeah. could do it and so yeah like just really I don't know, soak up the experience, I guess. And I would love to take on crew for, for other trips, but I wanted to know that that we could do this one. But so many conversations on the passage, we were just like, I'm so pleased with the decisions that we made. Like yeah, I, I uh, provisioned for like six to eight months in Panama. So mm. we haven't really had to buy any food even now after we've arrived because we've still got oh, plenty nice. of food 
from from Panama. Oh man, and especially the prices here are insane. Yeah, yeah it's it? like terrifying. insane. Yeah, it's like um, a bag of crisps, like a small bag of chips crisps. Yeah, would be three dollars. Oh, I don't think I've seen anything less than like five. Five dollars. Yeah, I suppose five. A bottle of well, Coke. How do the like people a drinking bottle from of Coke there, like live? Seven, oh. eight dollars. I have no like, do they not idea. Buy that stuff? Work it out. I mean, the, we've been like picking a lot of fresh fruit when we go for walks and stuff. So there's definitely an abundance of food just growing around the place. There is a lot of fresh fruit around, but but they do buy this stuff. That, they don't seem to grow vegetables here. So all of the vegetables hmm. are like either tinned or shipped in from somewhere else. And so then the price just skyrocket yeah, astronomical I so know. i can't get my head around it but yeah. yeah somehow they they just have an economy that works yeah with a crazy. decimal place moved one number to the the right i think you know, everything is <laughs> yeah, super nuts. expensive so yeah. so it's really good that we did provision up in panama yeah. we did. and then i like batch cooked 20 meals in panama before we left and threw them all in our freezer so yeah. on the days where we had like horrific swell or for the first couple of days where we're still finding our sea legs we were like oh we can still eat real food without actually yeah. having to sort of like Except that our oven died day four of the passage. So we did everything no. on the cooktop, the stovetop. Uh, and oh, it's yeah, still good now. Food so, prepped, yeah. Anyway. yeah, so we just had to heat up in the pan. So yeah. it was so bad. But, yeah. But we did have three frozen pizzas that I was really looking forward to, and they're still in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> you could do them in a pan. It might not taste great, but you could do them in I, a pan. I did wonder about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think barbecue pizza does I managed to make a cake in the bread maker because I sort of suddenly realized we've got one of those. So that was yeah. fair. It's yeah. helping itself to death. So I think yeah, when it, it comes to like doing passages, actually planning your food is like so important. Oh, huge. And um, not yeah. just like, okay, let's get loads of food and stuff them all in the bilge and get loads of canned stuff, like, but actually having real mm. meals because when you're on a big passage, it's like 20 or 30 days. It's so boring. I don't like them. I don't like it. I like I uh-huh. like coastal cruising because it, it's exciting. Yeah. Like doing doing these huge right. downwind sails, they're miserable. It's the same thing like every day. <laughs> so having good food, like, that is literally the only form of joy that you get. Um, aside from like whatever good company you've got, but yeah, it's super important. Yeah, you're absolutely right because we actually found there was a friend of ours said, was it for every hundred miles you lose ten pounds or something? <laughs> It was some I crazy wish. stat. He was working out that you just don't eat enough food because you're underway and stuff. But we were doing, so there was the two of us. So we, with Wayfinder's help, we were doing eight-hour passages. Eight-hour passages. Shifts, <laughs> excuse me. Eight-hour shifts. Yeah. So eight hours on, eight hours off, which meant we got a proper night's sleep every eight hours. Yeah. Usually the third shift of that cycle, we'd kind of both be up for most of it. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of worked. But you're right. Eight hours of looking out at nothing but blackness or flat blue or swell. Like there's no boats yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing yeah. to see. Nothing to look yeah. at. Wait for the dolphins. That's, some people like it. You know, these people who like want to be out on the ocean and they just want complete silence and serenity. I'm like, no, I want people and yeah. like lively stuff. Oh, <laughs> I enjoy sailing. I, tell you what, I enjoy when it's interesting. Doldrums. Yeah, well, once you go through the doldrums for a week, where I have to say, but Brandy did a hit and run on a turtle because it's so boring. <laughs> Uh, then you really just need some stimulation stop murdering things like these (laughs) yeah pretty much these boats were like oh my goodness we crossed an ocean we hit a whale it's like oh no we crossed an ocean we hit a turtle (laughs) (laughs) like a meter long green sea turtle just sat on the surface right we could Mm. see it a mile off because the doldrums were just flat 
And this guy's just this lump floating. We're like, could be trash, I guess. It's possible. We've seen some bottles and things. And mm. we get closer and closer. And I go up to bow and I just shout back to Briny. I'm like, it's a turtle. Might want to steer off a little bit. No, no, hit no. It. no, let me correct this. He's up at the front and goes, oh, hey, look, a turtle. So I grab the camera and I come up to film it. And he's like, um... <laughs> We're kind of aiming right for it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to film this. <laughs> so I'm putting the camera away and then I hear a song. And I'm like, we're not telling anyone this story. We're not. We're not being those people. The good oh, news no. is that we had literally just like taken our spinnaker down and hadn't put out the Genoa yet. So like, we were going half like a half a knot at that. Oh, so that's it did fine. like wake up and look a bit surprised, but it swam off. It's a bit confusing. <laughs> Those turtle shells are pretty tough. Like, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody now knows. So... Yeah. <laughs> everybody now knows this story. So you should have you should recorded it. Well, maybe. I mean, it's not a nice thing, but yeah, it could have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm where are you now? So right you're now. in French <laughs> Polynesia right now. Yeah. So we, mm. we, the passage in total ended up taking us quite a long time. It took us 39 and a half days because we ripped Whoa. various sails and things and lost yeah. engines. We, we had a lot of challenges uh, which slowed us down. And it's a mm. El Nino year, so the wind literally reversed. It was coming from the west a couple of times. So we were sailing super far south just to make headway. Uh, right. But we, we managed to make our way into Hiva Oa, which is one of the islands in the Marquesas. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't even touched on half of the things that went wrong. But yeah, we, we stumbled our way in there. And uh, we kind of took our respite there, swam around, enjoyed it for a bit. And then we've gone north to Nukahiva, which is the next island north in the Marquesas. Um, okay. So we're still in the kind of the Marquesas being the first lump. It's actually the one that most people come from Mexico arrive here uh, yeah. or they go down to Fatahiva. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of their arrival. Hiva Oa seems to be mostly people coming from Panama arriving that yeah. sort of lower end. It's so funny meeting mm. everybody after they've done their crossing here because basically everybody who sailed from Mexico this year had a brilliant oh, crossing. Man. And a thousand oh, yeah. miles left. Everybody that sailed from Panama just had an awful time. <laughs> Everyone's like stumbling oh, no. in, being like, my boat's so broken. Wasn't that awful? It took us twice as long as we thought. And everyone coming from Mexico is like, Woo, we did it. Let's go. Let's have a party. Well, case in point, <laughs> yeah. like the, the doldrums took us five days to get through six six days mill pond flat like yeah. you can see for miles i just yeah. edited yeah. the video the other day and it's flat mm. and then we were chatting to jamie from parley revival the other day we met up at them on the beach and he was saying they crossed the the doldrums in the equator they were they going had to motor for like what six hours or something, something? like that next that to nothing it. you know and they flew across mm. it like going seven knots and, and I'm just like, guys, we should all leave from Mexico next time. <laughs> so yeah. much easier. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's crazy, isn't it? And it's like, the, the thing is, it's like, even if you're cruising with somebody, but they're a day behind you, they can have such like a different experience just because like oh, the 24 yeah. hours behind. Yeah. Well, in fact, case in point, we had a boat, uh, friends of ours on a monohull were about a day behind us. They left mm. ahead of us. They mm. fell behind. And then they had a pan going on because they were having serious troubles and we were sitting bobbing around in no wind. I'm like, well, we can't help. They yeah. caught up with us. This yeah. isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's on a good gust of wind and it pushed them on. Yeah. 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 yeah it's strange. Yeah. So, so what's the plan then? So you're in the French Marquesas yeah. now. Have you got like a cruising route sorted for the rest of the year or are you just going to take it as it comes? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're confusing us for people who have plans. <laughs> <laughs> There's no plans. Generally speaking, <laughs> No, like we used to, the whole of the Caribbean, we used to make the joke that we would plan maybe one, maybe two islands ahead, yeah. um, was our, which was usually like a month. Yeah. Um, 
doing getting here has obviously required us planning a little bit further in advance and applying for visas for a year. So we have a, a 12 month long stay visa. Of yeah, it's like residency. a temporary residency oh, nice. that we just uh, heard today that we were granted. So that's awesome. Yeah. We don't need to leave oh, in two nice. weeks time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we can we can be in French Melanesia for, for a whole year, which is yeah. amazing. And then it just gives us a lot of flexibility when, when it comes time to leave. Doesn't mean that we have to stay here for the full year, but we can yeah. if that works into the plan. So so, Generally, yeah. it's just explore stuff and then keep going west. But... So we've kind of we've done the Marquesas enough, I think. Now we're yeah. kind of discussing maybe like be here for another week, uh, and then the next kind of major stop everyone heads to is the Tuamotus, which is a string of atolls, um, yeah. so a bit kind of Maldivian esque. Mm. Um, so we can go there and get lost. There's less provisioning around, less people around apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say that that's their favourite part of French Polynesia. So we're sort of banking for most of our time here to yeah. be in the completely off-grid like all by ourselves desert island kind of vibe which yeah it's really, really awesome. antisocial but you know <laughs> also because it's nice uh, <laughs> that's where uh, common is now uh, when we were talking yesterday yes. um, that's that's where they yeah. just turned up and um it was just yeah. like this place is paradise like it's literally like deserted yeah. tropical islands like amazing yeah, it's yeah, and it's super thing. shallow turquoise blue waters with little coral bobbies everywhere. It looks incredible. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Know? Yeah. So uh, we're excited by that. So we'll go there and do a couple of months through the Tuamotis. Uh, however, we have actually something we do have in the diary. We actually do have a plan. Oh, oh look at us having a plan. So the, then <laughs> Two weeks ahead. Mentioned, we actually, <laughs> yeah, we basically just decided this the other night. So we ha- we're going to make our way to Tahiti around September, October. Okay. Uh, because we have decided to go to, for the first time, we're going to do the Southampton International Boat Show and Annapolis, um, oh, I'll which we've never been at, to either. So. I'll see you yeah. at the American one then. <laughs> oh, oh awesome. nice. There we go. Yeah, we're oh, going to be oh. there. Yeah, so yeah. we don't know we're in there yet. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sweet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, what, when is it? It's mid, middle of October Mid-October, or something like that. October, isn't it? Yeah. Middle of October. October 11? Yeah. October the 11th. 11th or 12th, yeah. Something yeah, like that. Cool. I think it's the 11th to the 18th or something. I only know I think I'm going for like <laughs> so right then. four or five. Da- I think I'm going for five days, four nights. Um, okay, perfect. Oh, perfect. I think that's similar to yeah. what we're doing as well. Yeah, because nice. like oh. it's expensive there. And then I'd need to put my boat in a marina, which will probably be, oh, yeah. I don't know, ah. a couple hundred a night, something like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'll, uh, I'll see you there. Just oh, okay. in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, be great. Awesome. We'll see in person at last. Yeah, we're just going to leave the boat on anchor with a guy watching it for us and hopefully yeah, doesn't get ripped up by a cyclone or something, knowing our luck. Uh, but where do you think you'll be at that point? Uh, so you think you're going to be in Tahiti and that's where you can leave the boat for a week to go to Annapolis, yeah? Yeah, yeah. so that gets us to the nearest yeah. airport, basically. Uh, yeah, we're basically going to rush through to Tahiti and then when we come back, we'll sort of double back on ourselves and have more time in the in the remote yeah. off-grid desert islands. Yeah, we've got all sorts of crazy ideas. Like, I would love to make it I don't think we'll do this, but I keep looking at the, the charts and like, you know what? If you do a ridiculous tack route, you can get to Gambier, which is heading back east, um, southeast. So going from T- Tahiti, yeah, if you want to go to Tahiti, you can battle your way all the way back towards Gambia, which is almost heading towards Easter Island. Not <laughs> Easter Island. Uh, yes. Yeah, Easter Island. You're kind of heading hmm. that way. But um, I'm a glutton for fun. punishment. So, you know. <laughs> no, I don't like the idea to like, pick the easy route, man. Just follow, just go where the wind is pushing you. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. Then we'll be in Australia oh, already. Awesome. Nah, you've got to do the fun stuff. So we'll see. We'll batter our way back into remoteness and enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Basically use up our visa time and then we need to work out the rest after. Yeah, no that's, idea what we'll do yeah. after that's a that. problem for future us. Yeah, no, no clue. 
Oh, well, I'm excited <laughs> yeah, to um, to meet you. So that's going to be actually quite cool. Well, I know, it lasts, though. America of all places, yeah. Well, it's, it's a strange that you weren't popping around, um, popping around here. When I, I saw a post you put on, you were like, oh, you're in the UK. I was like, oh, bugger, that would have been great if they would have like been in Europe or something. You could have come cruising on this boat. Yeah, next, yeah. Next year. Hey. Yeah. There you go. I was going to say, we've, we've been invited to Southampton to do the show there. And then we're doing kind of both ends of the country. So we're going to try and see family for the first time in three well, years. When, so when is that? Like, Cornwall, what month is that? In Scotland. Uh, that was just before. September. Yeah, September 25th or 4th, isn't it? Yeah, you should get a cheap flight to Spain. Get a cheap flight to Spain. Oh, or man. And just come and chill here. Even, even just for a few days. That would be sweet. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. In September, oh, the man, flights will be cheap because it's out of season. Yeah, right. We're not yes. used to that over here. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was going like to say. Us to decide that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> flying, flying anywhere from that part of the world is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, no. oh, that's all right. So, if if I don't ah, see you great. in September oh, on my boat, I'll see you in uh, October in yeah, Annapolis. There we go. Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet! It's a small world, man. Awesome. That'd be great yeah. as well. At last, it's been this long. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been too long. All right, let's end it there because now we're going to talk personal plans, and we don't need all these people listening to this. <laughs> 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 cool. Right, listen. Thanks for coming on, and I've uh, I've learned a few things I didn't oh, know man, about cheers. you. Mostly, mostly new forms of chaos, uh, but it's entertaining. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we hide it well, though, don't we? Yeah. What was the phrase you used the other day? We're smiling and laughing, so you can't tell we're crying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see underneath it. Sweet. All right, cheers, guys. Ridiculous. Cheers, man. All right, thank cool. you.